Hey, Chris. Hey, Larry. Hey. What is so damn important, Larry? <laughs> it's time for some... I was busy. <laughs> BoardPanda.com. That's not my problem. Historical Mysteries. Oh. Bona. Unsolved Mysteries. No, just... Historical mysteries. Well, yeah, they are unsolved. Because it would be mysteries. It, it does say that still haven't been unsolved, and folks in this online group think they are lost cases. From BoardPanda.com. All righty. It says unsolved-mysteries-forever-reddit. So it's a Reddit thing. Oh, I was going to say we should probably do a Reddit thing. Well, there you go, Reddit thing. Maybe I did say we should do a Reddit thing. You did, but that's not why I chose this. I chose this because it said his 30 historical mysteries. I went, hmm. Well, one historical mystery. We, we might be able to do two. I mean, it's long, but I can cut it to shorter. Well, I can cut it shorter. No, no, I mean, let's, let's, there's let's. not a lot that really needs to be said within the thing. Yeah, but there may be funny jokes involved. And... Maybe. The world is full of wonders and mystery. Are you sure? Well, we don't know everything in the ocean, so... Okay, then. Uh, how much do we not know from what happened in the past? How would we know? That's exactly. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know a lot. Most definitely more than we do know. Being a historian, or actually any scientist, means you have to interpret the evidence you collect in your investigation. It might be that they're right, or that their interpretation is off, or that they can't even come up with an interpretation at all. So let's dig into this and see what the fuck's going on. Just Indiana Jones this shit. Number one, the Library of Alexandria was one of the largest and most significant libraries of the ancient world. It was part of the Research Institute at Alexandria in Egypt called, not even going to try and pronounce it, but it has an M. It's, uh, it looks like it says the Mouse Ion. The Mouse Ion. I thought that was what they're doing at CERN. Well, yeah, but shh, don't talk about it. Uh, until the Library of Alexandria, most other libraries were regional and the one in Egypt aimed to be universal, having knowledge from all over the world. Huh? But wound up at Paramount. Yes. Universal was only interested in the mummy. Well, you know. Many mummy. Various sources estimate different numbers of books in the library. The number ranged from 200 to 700,000. 200,000 to 700,000. <laughs> I was going to say 200? Woo! But, but, I, but in a time, at that time, that's that might have been a lot, lot but it books. says 200,000 to 700,000. Those were handwritten at that time. Yeah. Not even, even written some of them. Some of them were carved. But we will probably never know how big the library's collection was, nor what treasures and knowledge it contained as it was destroyed. And what we know about it are just from written records, as there are no archaeological remains about of it. Historians suggest the library had rhetoric, law, Epic, tragedy, comedy, lyric, poetry, slasher, history, medicine, mathematics, fanfic, and natural science books that could have told us so much about how these people saw the world then. But it all perished a long time ago and is unlikely that any develops would have it now. Okay. That's, that's the whole mystery. That's the story. Yeah. Yeah, this bit may not go over so well. Here's a fact. It's not very funny, but it's a fact. Fine. Then we'll go with number two. Yeah. Your favorite. My favorite. In 1971, a man who called himself Dan Cooper. Hey, Dan Cooper. Wow. 
Everybody likes Dan Cooper, apparently. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> Said the secret word. And was later known better as D.B. Cooper bought a plane ticket. For no readily apparent reason. Nope. Bought a plane ticket flying from Portland to Seattle. Witnesses say he ordered a bourbon and soda. Yep. Looked like an average businessman in his 40s. Wearing but a... only looked like one. Yeah. He was really low-key. According to the show. Why not? Wearing a black suit. And with a black attache in his hand. Just like Sonny Bono in Airplane 2. But he was no ordinary businessman. In that little black suitcase, he had a La Bomba. Maybe. And he let the crew know that he was going to detonate it unless he was given $200,000. He had something that looked like La Bomba. Yep. Four parachutes and a fuel truck standing by in Seattle to refuel the aircraft upon re- arrival. The passengers... Upon re-entry? <laughs> yes. The, the passengers... That's airplane two you're thinking about. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. The passengers actually weren't even aware what was going on and were told there would be a delay because of technical difficulties. No. Run for your lives! <laughs> but do it in orderly fashion. But please do it in orderly fashion. When the plane landed... Thank you for flying Transform. The... Uh, the passengers were let out, and D.B. Cooper was given his money. And his drink. And after taking off, Cooper collected his things, jumped out of the plane. To this day, the Fibby couldn't find out who the man was, and many people don't believe that D.B. Cooper survived, as traces of the ransom money were found along the banks of the Columbia River in 1980. Mm-hmm. But they never found him, or his parachute. And a person called V-2000 said, though they have proved that he was Loki. So there you go. Cue pork porking music. 